1: Mom, I texted you a few days ago and I don't know if you saw it or processed it, but I think my wisdom teeth are coming in.
2: Oh yeah.
3: Why hasn't that happened until now?
2: I no, I was the same way. I was nineteen. I bro, 19. I never got my twelve year old molars.
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you're twenty. I, I, guess I
1: yeah, my I wisdom just...
3: teeth out out in college and you would technically be in college.
1: Well, I think it's my wisdom teeth. It's not coming in through the bottom. It's coming yeah, in through in like two. the side. Oh. Like that can't be good. And and I've noticed when I floss, when I floss that back tooth, it hurts because it's being pushed in. So now I'm like, is all that time with braces gonna be reversed? <laughs> like I'm yeah. I'm getting a little stressed. So so
2: mom, yeah. can you make me a dentist appointment? All yeah, the intro music. How about that?
1: Cool, cool, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> Dads, chaos. And dads, chaos. I think I have another one too Two? on the right bottom side, but I'm not sure. It's very hard to see.
3: Hello, everyone, and <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we are so glad you're joining Wholesome Chaos this lovely day. And um, yeah, we're going to have a great time. We're talking about all things dental and all things accidental and all things <laughs> wonderful about life and the pursuit of contribution and happiness and family. I don't know. Wow, whatever we else we think to about. to
2: talk about.
3: And probably at some point we'll be talking about Blythe and Pickleball. And because uh, we generally do, <laughs> but I um, hope you're having an awesome day. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast, and you can get be first to notified as soon as we drop one every single week.
2: Well, he sounds like a like a professional radio announcer, doesn't? He?
3: I'm feeling <laughs> like I'm channeling that today a little I bit. It's going to be kind of a very smooth dad podcast episode.
2: So he's gonna fall asleep, is what he's saying. <laughs> So I
1: don't think that's what Mom and I were saying at all about the vibes we were getting. They weren't smooth
3: coming in dad at vibes. number twelve on today's top forty.
2: Did you ever listen to like a top forty, Man, Maggie? Did, that's did funny. Your generation have
1: like we have um, like where they count down the top tracks.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh there's some radio stations that are like that. I kind of did that when I guest oh, hosted yeah. on Verified One. It was like all the top hits. I just got to like pick my favorites to play. That was cool. I kind of was a radio right announcer. You did for a great day. job too.
3: I remember you playing that for me in the car, and thank you. Got to hear that
1: was so funny. Your
3: announcement. It was really Cause, good
1: because you didn't know. It was it was stressful because that whole time I think I was going on at like four and then seven, and I had already done it. It wasn't live, and so I would just forget about it. And then I would have set an alarm or something on my phone for a minute before and I'd see it and be like, oh my gosh, I got to get to my car. Everybody come to my car right now. I always thought that would be a really fun job
3: (laughs) to do live. And I wonder uh, when I was younger, I went to my friend, Joel Taylor was a college disc jockey and i went with him to work one day and he did the show and and i was always really into technical things as well especially when it came to music and audio and the way they would work the different tracks they were all in different cuz like boxes they were taped yeah. but the tapes would slide in and then the machines would advance he did it all himself you know yeah. he rolled he selected all the songs he rolled all the tracks played all the commercials and i was like man that looks like so much fun i i
2: actually had the opportunity to do that i and wish to time i had had because my uh, my best friend at the time, her husband was a disc jockey in Augusta, Georgia, and he was like the one of the main guys. And he said, yeah, I'll put you on the radio. You do great. And I was like, what, really? And he said, yeah. So, but it was going to have to be a, a commitment, obviously. It's like I had to be in Augusta, Georgia every weekend. And that was, how far is Augusta? Like,
3: over a um, two hour drive, oh, right? Oh, definitely, yes. So it's
2: like, oh my God, do I want to work? And I, I worked a full-time job and drove, you know, an hour each way into Atlanta. So as much as I would have liked to have done it, it's the only way I was going to get in because, you know, who was I, you know? And I, I was going to school for film production or whatever, but I, I, I regret not that. I was going to ask that. if you I ever regretted. Yeah, yeah, I should have done it.
3: It's always, you know, you say yes to those opportunities and once you're into it, you can yeah. always get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, to, yeah. some, to some extent. But you get those experiences. I, I got so many experiences and learned so much by just taking jobs because you know, but yeah. my, my jobs I'd never really know what I was getting into. It was always a unique event yeah. of some kind when I was working my way through college.
2: Well, that's a it, they were all performance related. That, they I were I all the same. Know,
3: they were all doing the things I normally do. Right. But you never know who you're working with, you never know what you're getting into, you just go for it.
2: Yeah. And I started doing the murder mysteries within that that year anyway. Um, so yeah.
3: Say yes to opportunities. I That's the first lesson of
2: the podcast. <laughs> Unless you don't want to.
1: Also exactly.
3: To Unless they're creepy yourself. people asking
2: you. And sometimes you need to think about stuff and you say, maybe. <laughs> and you know what that is?
3: What is that, Max?
2: <laughs> At the end of the day, all those things, because
1: there's extreme opposites or it just extremes on each side of the say yes to everything. They're all opportunities. And also the don't do what you don't want to do. It solely comes down to discernment.
3: You know what it is?
1: discern. Like that's such an incredible skill to have in life.
3: There's a tension. I think about it like a tension. When you get two ideas that are both true, that means there's like a line that connects them. Like like there's a pull. There's a pull between those two ideas. And life is about tension between things that are true, things that are good, things that are that are not good whatever it may be that's pulling you in certain directions and you get to decide where you're going to be on that little, on that you know, tension and where you kind of place your focus at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to realize what you're giving up. Yeah. I, Go
1: ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, I've always kind of had a hard time with absolutes and everything like that, but for mm. opportunities. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just because I see so many different sides of everything where I, I, I just, I struggle to say, yes, this is an absolute truth because everything mm-hmm. for the most part is situational in my mind. Um, but mm-hmm. in regards to opportunities, I feel like I push opportunities really hard sometimes to an extent where sometimes they just don't matter. Not, okay, okay, let me explain this better. In an in a example, this week I was asked by a friend to help them with a video that they were gonna do. And I didn't really have time in my day, but I realized I could cancel something that was just a me thing that like I was excited about, but didn't rely on anyone else so I could help them. And so I was like, okay, yes, technically I do have time. Okay, I'll do it. And so I did it. And then they ended up having to refilm. And so like two days later or whatever, they're like, hey, can you help again? Um, But if not, no worries. And like, they called me and they could just instantly tell I was stressed. And they literally, thankfully, they looked at me and they're like, say no. Like, it's okay. Like, you do not have to do this right now. And like, that was the first time where it had clicked in a long time where I was like, I don't have to do every single thing. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pass on this. Like, good luck. I'm sorry I can't help you, but I can't. And I, I encountered the exact same thing yesterday. I was filming another diving video and like I did it. I dived a bunch and then... I was like, okay, keep going, keep going until it was perfect. And I started to notice I was getting tired and therefore getting more sloppy and therefore getting worse. And I was like, Mm -hmm. but I can't end on like not my best. I can't end on not my best. And then it hit me and I was like, no, I can, because I know if I keep pushing myself, they're not going to get better and it's going to be dangerous and it's going to be reckless. And I was like, all right, so I'm leaving. You know what I mean?
3: Did you say that to wrap it up?
1: I, like that. I'm so I'm still editing the video at the moment and I can't decide if that's how I want to end or if I just want to end on a, on a positive. I was just saying
3: like, yeah, I didn't know if like while you were there, you kind of like gave yourself an outro like, well, that's it for today folks. And I, that kind of thing at the but end. That's
2: a great message though, Maggie, and a very important one, especially right. in situations where you can get hurt. And I, you know, years ago on when we were skiing. I had to say as much as I really wanted to keep skiing, Mm -hmm. uh, we had hours left of opportunity to ski. I said, I have to stop now or I'm going to get hurt and it's not going to be worth it and it's not going to be fun. And so, you know, you have to recognize that when you're- Knowing your limits. Yeah, knowing your limits and knowing when you're getting into an area that could put you in danger.
3: The worst times I've ever been hurt was after I had already mentally decided I was done and yeah. then decided to go back and, and try it one more time. Yeah. And then, because your, your brain kind of switches all of that equipment down and then you have to ramp it back up again. No, but before we go on, I wanted to say one more thing about opportunities because I really love what you said, Maggie, But or, and um, <laughs> the thing about saying yes or no to opportunities that hit me when we were just talking now is at the time that you're given the opportunity, is, that's the moment where you know the least about what you're being asked to do. You don't really understand it. You've just heard it. You don't investigate it. And so until you say yes and get into it, it could be so much greater than what you ever even thought it would be. You could have some preconception about this is no big deal, but you get into it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Or vice versa, like you can get into it and realize, eh, this isn't really what I want to do. So that might be another reason why exploring opportunities, not necessarily saying yes to everything, but just kind of like exploring where they will take you is a generally maybe a good way to go through life. You get more done and you meet more people and you have more experiences. Yep.
2: You know, also I was thinking about that person that you said that said, just say no, that what a selfless thing to say. Oh yeah. What an awesome person. Yeah. And And so so much of the time
1: things feel like life, not life or death, but just like so drastically important in life when they're just not like, yes, things are important. And if I said no to every single opportunity for the next month, not good, but I can say no to one thing that's going to be better for me to rest and to do what I was originally planning to then, you know, saying yes to everything.
2: So, yeah. And a lot of times I think it's, things feel so time, time sensitive, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody's schedule. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. And you know me, I can't stand to be overscheduled. That's something Eddie and I mm-hmm. have in common very much. Neither one of us like to be overscheduled, but your dad likes every minute I want of his to talk day about to be
3: a commitment. movement. That is, <laughs> is becoming a big part of our lives, and uh, it's part of our schedule, and it's every day, and it has to do with going to the dog park.
1: Oh, because, I could have guessed that.
3: Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's like this routine and we we took our golf course, our, our, not golf course, but we took our dog park um, attention and relationships kind of to a new level this week.
2: Yes, we did.
3: <laughs> because we, we had a cookout. We had a food had a picnic. picnic ceremony where everybody, like a potluck thing, you brought your stuff to the park. We set it all outside on benches. We all came in and we played with our dogs. And then we left the dogs all in the park all by themselves.
2: <laughs> they were so confused. They were
3: so confused. Actually, and we all went just outside to yeah. the tables. And we sat at the tables <laughs> and we had food. And it was like my dogs just, they, were, they didn't know what to do. But you once they so realized hilarious. we were right there, and they were like, okay, we'll just sit here and watch you guys or something. And they and then when we finally came back, they were like really relieved. It was I
2: hilarious. I have a little bit of video. I haven't even looked at it. But actually, Spencer, you know how he scratches at a door and a door's closed? He was scratching yeah. at the fence. I'm like, dude, Aww. it's not going to work. And and so I snuck over and gave each of our dogs a chip. <laughs> to say, I love you. We're literally like three tell feet your friends. away from them. But they were just, it was like, you could see the dogs just going like,
3: Luke what? was there. <laughs> what is no, going No, he was on? not. Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, Luke was there along with his parents. <laughs> yeah. They came and, and they and hung out. Dog. And their dog. And their yeah. dog. Did you say hi? <laughs> yeah. Of course. We talked We talked for a long while. We we hung out. We had food together.
1: Luke is yeah. a boy I went to high school with who my parents are now friends with his mom because they see each other at the dog park every single yep. day. And
2: now his dad and him.
3: Yep. <laughs> It's all good.
2: Yeah, it was so fun, Maggie. So yeah, when you when you're home, you're gonna come to the dog park and hang with our dog park. You've got to. There <laughs>
3: yeah. was another girl I met there today who who gave me the old. Can I ask you a question? Are you? Do I think I f- might follow your daughter on TikTok? Is that right? And I was like, Yep, you do. And in other news, we have deer in our backyard. Oh,
2: that's we have fun. a deer park in our backyard. We have a deer
3: park. <laughs> Deer oh, randomly nice. wander through our neighborhood and our woods behind our house. It's That's awesome. So fun. They could they could be in your front yard when you come home. Did the dogs yeah. ever yeah, see them? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, but they Simon just because we were sitting outside on the deck and just talking. And all of a sudden your dad goes, like, hey, if you lean over a little, you can see a deer. Oh, there's another one and another one. And I'm like, he's looking at them coming from the left, and I'm seeing the little tiny, tiny ones, like like Spencer size maybe Aww. a little bigger than Spencer coming up from the woods. And they were all, there was like seven of them, right? Sure. It was, it was so sure. fun. They were little
3: too. They were, they we've just, been watching the little baby deer get older.
2: Yeah.
3: you are cute. They're awesome. They live on the golf course.
2: Hey, and I didn't tell you, but like so we got the security cameras put up uh, this past weekend. And um, so I got a notification this morning, like five 30 or six in the morning. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, it looks like a little raccoon. I'm like, Wait a second! That's not a raccoon tail. That that's a Spencer tail. I just saw the, <laughs> the end of him walk by into a bush.
3: I'd let or him 20. out to, for you know to do his business in the morning. So you were telling you were going to tell me a story.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So something fun I had this week is I went to a screening for a new Amazon Prime movie. Um. It's called Catherine Called Birdie. And I went with Blythe. Oh, my gosh. I guess I did talk about her this
3: podcast. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs>
1: um, Blythe and I went. And it's so funny because we called each other. We FaceTimed before to pick out what we were wearing. So we'd like match vibe wise. And we ended up wearing practically the exact same thing. Oh, my gosh. We were, <laughs> but we, we, we fully knew. We saw each other. <laughs> and it was kind of like, a oh, yeah, I like that. Let me let me go copy it exactly real quick. <laughs>
2: and So uh,
1: we were both in white sweaters and um, brown pants, I believe, <laughs> and, it, and it was just it was such a surreal experience because right before it was it took place at the Grove rooftop. Would you guys have been to the Grove? It was that um, kind of big. Avalon type thing, like a, you know, there's the Barnes & Noble, there's all the shops, the AMC, it's really pretty. So it was on the rooftop Mm -hmm. of the Grove. It was really, really cool. But Blythe and I, I needed to stop and get something that I actually needed to wear to the event (laughs) before. And so we ran into a store at the Grove beforehand and we were... Blythe and I were both in like four inch heels just because we decided to go for it. Um, And we were all put together, bags, makeup, and we were in a hurry. Like we had a sense of urgency with how we walked. And we walked into a Ritzia, which is like this expensive store, like kind of dumb, expensive guys, not dumb, expensive, sorry. I, I think Aritzia is great. It's just, it is a little out of my price range. <laughs> and so I just needed a little top to go underneath the sweater I was wearing. Um, and I thought I could get that from Aritzia. And so we walk in and immediately, the everyone working there like looks at us and we're walking through, people are coming up to us. They're like, I love your outfit. Can I help you with something? And we were like, oh, like, yeah, uh, we're just looking for something. Oh, good. Thank you. Like, thank you. That's so nice. We walk a few more steps. The next person, they're like, you guys look so incredible. Like, what What? what, where are, you, are, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like literally, people <laughs> were voicing this to us. And so we got a shirt that I went to go try on. We go to the dressing rooms. There's a little bit of a line. They go, oh, the, the, the penthouse is open. The penthouse changing room. Whoa. Which is like the oh bigger one. Oh, my gosh. One. They take us back to it and like, I try it on, I come out and, and there's two girls working there and they asked both Blythe and I where we got our sweaters from and we told them and they just go, they go, where did you come from? Like, <laughs> like, where are you going right now? What are you doing? Like, and so we we're explained, like, we're, like, we're going, going, for ice. We're going no. to a, a, a screening. We just had to grab something. And they were like, oh my gosh, well, have a great rest of your day. And we walked out of that Aritzia after I bought a $98 small white shirt.
3: <laughs> and, That's interesting. What great and, customer service.
1: I know, but Blythe and I just looked at each other and we were like, why don't we dress like this and walk with a sense of urgency everywhere we go? I've never been treated this kindly in an Aritzia in my life. Okay, (laughs) no,
2: now you need to go back, but you need to be dressed completely different, very hobo. I have. I usually go go in there in my sweats. Yeah, I
1: like, I've, I've been in Aritzias before. The shirt wasn't $98. It was $88, but with tax, it was like $94. Um, but it is a very pretty shirt, guys. It is a very mm. nice shirt, and I will be wearing it a ton. Um, you but, better. So, in the story, you guys now have the picture. We're fully clothed. We have everything we need. We're on our way to the event.
3: In four-inch heels.
1: <laughs> yes, in four-inch heels, which- I Gotcha.
3: I can totally that's picture That's an important
1: this. factor for later. Um, okay. Getty Images was there, which is like you take pictures and they end up on Getty with the little watermark across it. Sure, sure. And the past few events I've been at, I've dodged red carpets just because I I don't like it. Like, I don't like the stress Attention. of it. I don't
2: like yeah.
1: the fact that those pictures go on the internet and I have no control over it. Um, but I figured this is something I need to get over.
3: <laughs> and Plus so, you were dressed for it.
1: Yeah. And so Blythe and I both agreed. We were like, we're going to do it. We're going to do Getty. It's going to be fine. So we, they give you like your little, whatever you go over, they have three photographers for press there. You pose for each one of them. Uh, before they take your picture, they actually, they write your name on a whiteboard and they take a picture of that for first. So when they upload it on Getty, it gets uploaded. Right. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was fine. It was good. <laughs> Blythe sent like a, a video back home to her parents <laughs> just because I took a video of her getting her photo taken by Getty and her parents were like, what the heck is your life?
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is
1: this? Um, and when we checked Getty later, they actually uploaded my photos and Blythe's photos under my name most likely because we're dressed the exact same. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I thought you were the same person. <laughs> So that was fun. Now we're at the That's event. Funny. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's a great punchline. And it's not even the end of the story. I'm, I'm not Just Jenna look live. Holy cow. I can I can only anticipate where it's going from here. I <laughs> Go ahead. know.
1: We just got to the event. This is like a medieval movie. And so there's people like dressed up in medieval things and walking around. It was it was a whole a whole big event. Um and I was like, I I want something to drink. And so I have my under 21 wristband on because I'm 20 and I decided I really wanted a Shirley Temple. (laughs) And so (laughs) I walked up to the bar with Blythe and we're waiting in line where there's one person ahead of us. And this woman who works there walks up to me and she goes, uh, Hey, and instantly like my heart dropped. I was like, I'm about to get yelled at for being in the bar. Like I, I like, I don't want to cause issues. I don't want to do anything. And so like immediately I go into defense mode and I'm like, hi, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to drink. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm trying to get a Shirley temple. I promise. Like, I know, I know I have the wristband on. I'm I'm not trying to get alcohol. I'm, I'm just trying to get a Shirley temple, like fully jumped into like, please don't kick me you out. You wrote a
3: whole mode. story. Like, this is yeah. what, this is obviously what this is about right now. I yeah. to
1: get ejected from this. That's yeah. So I was like terrified. And, and she, she looked at me and she goes, Oh, Oh, you want a Shirley temple? And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, yes. Yes, ma'am. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. And then there was kind of a silence and she, she goes, I was just coming up to tell you I'm a fan. I really like your videos. And I think you and your dad are really <laughs> <fun."> <laughs> And I was like, oh, That's so kind of you. And she goes, you want a Shirley Temple? I'll go get you one. And she like goes to the front of the line. And I was like, no, 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 I can wait in line. Like, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. She totally got by the nice Shirley Temples. And I was like, that is so kind of you. I really thought you were about to kick me out of this event for trying to take alcohol when I just wanted a Shirley Temple. And this is like, guys, this is like five minutes of being to this event. Oh my goodness. And so I was funny. Yeah, that was a now really good She's got really a story funny. to tell,
3: too. That's uh, yeah, hilarious. Exactly,
1: exactly. She was so nice, though. Lovely, lovely woman. And so we walk around for a bit. The screening starts. Um, who was? I would have to look it up. The woman who wrote it. She was there and everyone was really surprised by it. What was it. the name of the film? Catherine called Birdie. Let's see. I can look it up super fast because everyone was so surprised by who wrote it. It is Lena Dunham. Do you guys know who that hmm. is?
3: Sounds familiar.
1: No, Lena Dunham. What else has she done? Um, Lena Dunham. I'm not entirely sure, and I don't really want to take a ton of time to go for it real quick. But um,
3: that's cool. But did you like the movie?
1: So the interesting thing about screenings with 150 other people is it's really hard to pay attention. That makes that makes sense. Yes. And so it was also really cold, and so we got kind of distracted and and so I didn't fully grasp the movie. I'm sure it was great. But I also saw some friends there, and so we were catching up, there was good food, it was a great time. And turns out those four-inch heels caught up to me, and I was like <laughs> dripping blood on the back of my oh. ankles. It was oh, bad, no. guys. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. And so then I went home. Nice. And that's the end of that story.
2: That is a great
3: <laughs> I story. I feel like I Except applaud. for, the, it, except for, for the, the blood
2: on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can left that part yeah. out next time.
3: But um, congratulations. That sounds amazing. And I'm looking forward to having some similar fun times with you when we are next uh, together.
1: Yes. I'm so excited for that.
3: If you're okay with it, I kind of want to segue into a heavier topic again and this is something i was thinking about that i thought might be worthy of a podcast discussion and it's basically the idea of like what is the point of doing anything because i notice that more and more this idea is prevalent in around people and thinking you know i just don't feel like getting out there getting motivated or you get you get an idea of the the vast amount of information that's out there in the world. And it's like, you know, there's no way I could actually learn this complete thing. And so why bother? Like, why bother even learning any of it? It's almost like a defeatist attitude, um, nihilistic maybe that, you know, what's the point? Everything, life is meaningless. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you know people you, who, in your life who who kind of tend to act this way at times. And I know that's not your normal circle of friends, but I I get the sense that this might be an issue for a lot of people that they really feel defeated.
1: Yeah, honestly, no, I don't really have many friends or any friends that I can think of at the moment with that mindset Mm -hmm. at the moment.
3: I think it's an important question that we all need to think about. Cause you know, like when you realize your life's Me it's, it's short in terms of like what you can actually accomplish. And eventually you're all going to be, we're all going to be forgotten. And it's like, well, why did our lives even matter? It's like, what is, what is the point of it? Um, If there will always be some, someone better than you at any particular thing you want to do, then why even bother? Like why even try to improve? And just how would you answer that? Because that's not
2: the point. The point isn't to be better than somebody else. The point is to live the life that you've been given to the best of your ability and give get as much joy and give as much joy and love as you can. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, for me, it obviously relates so directly back to faith and identity. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like I believe that I was designed for a specific person to be exactly who I am, to that I have a purpose that nobody else does, just like you have a purpose that mm-hmm. nobody else does. And you listening to this have a purpose that nobody else does because you were designed so specifically and so intentionally that like your purpose on this earth is nobody else's. And so
3: yes, I
1: think, yeah, my my faith is a, is a ginormous part of thankfully why I don't, Struggle with that nihilistic kind of perspective, just because I'm I'm so aware of how small I am in the grand scheme of things, but I'm also so aware of how value I am, valuable I am in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. things, because there's never going to be another me, and so right. I'm gonna. What's the Mother Teresa quote? That it's not like
2: the we amount we of things you do, do great. Yeah, we yeah, can yeah, all yeah. do great things, but we can do small things with great love. That's the one. Where it's like, I'm, I'm not going to
1: have the mindset of, oh, I need to do this thing on earth that's going to outlive me and last as long as possible so people remember my name. It's, I'm going to live my life the best of my ability. And the things that I do have impact directly in my life and in those around me's life. And that's enough. You know what I mean?
3: hmm yeah, I would also say like you know that's the experience of being alive. The experience yes. of being alive is the experience of learning and trying and doing and experiencing things and looking closely at things and and asking questions and staying curious. And so yeah, if you're if your time on this planet is is finite, it's limited. Like and it's going to go by quickly. Everybody says it does. And so why not like saturate that experience with as much engagement as possible even though it all you know eventually gets undone even though you can never really make a dent in, in in like the some some huge aspect or when you look at the political landscape and you're like oh my gosh i could never control world events it's like well maybe maybe not directly maybe something you're doing though and the way that you're thinking and talking and encouraging someone or you know it 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 all it all adds up and creates new ripple effects that go far beyond you and so like being in this mode of improving and and growing it's just yeah like you said you you get more out of life while you inspire others along the way
2: yeah and the interesting thing is that you and I both you know long before we knew each other that's just the way we live and think so you know, mm-hmm. merging our lives together in that kind of a, you know, self-improvement that we've always felt, it, it works. <laughs> if and anything, we've inspired that in our kids. And I think we have, sounds like it.
3: Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, if anything, <laughs> like realizing that there's no finish line in, in terms of like, uh, I'll never get to the end of learning. I'll never get to the end right. of being good at this. I'll never be as good as some people at this. Like it liberates you from not having to make that the goal or like not having to measure yourself against some arbitrary standard and just be more into the thing that you're doing. And, And that's where, that's where it all is. I think.
2: Yeah, I'm more like, oh, I'm never gonna be able to read all the books that I want to read. I'll never be able to write all the scripts that I want to write because life is finite. But you'll never be able to
3: do all the taxes in the world. Oh
2: my gosh, mom! Mom's been
3: immersed in taxes for three days and lawyers and yeah. I know that's one thing about our relationship, honey. That I want to acknowledge (laughs) for everybody in front of the world is just not fair. (laughs) Is that I get to go play and do all the fun stuff, and you? Do taxes. I do,
2: yeah. I do and, the not fun stuff. And the non
3: fun stuff, which wasn't always the case. Before I met you, I did my own taxes. Yeah, I think this I did was my was part own accounting. Of your
2: plan. You, t- you showed me QuickBooks because I used to do it all paper, you know, pen and paper, old school. And you were like, oh, no, use Quicken. And so then I used Quicken and then we incorporated, which I did our incorporation. And then, well, you that work was for it. attorneys. So and you have the that inside was it. Yeah. I I've done it all since then. There you nice. go.
3: I got kicked off a golf course. What? Yeah. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can we oh both guess what goodness. for?
3: <laughs> yes, you can guess what for. Okay. okay. <laughs> this will be fun.
2: <laughs> wait, what type of a, a golf golf course or a frisbee golf course?
3: Oh, no, a real golf <gasps> course. Oh,
2: my goodness.
3: Yes, sir. We need you to leave right now.
2: Oh,
1: no.
3: It's kind of oh, how, how it all ended up.
2: Okay. Um,
1: you, you I'm going to say- it. It. You'll get it. For filming a TikTok.
3: Oh, no. no, but close.
2: I I would say you probably broke into the golf course to film a video <laughs> when it wasn't open yet. Because <laughs> that may or may not have happened in the past
3: with a park. In the past three days, yes.
2: Oh, my God. So, goodness. no, it was,
3: it was, I was filming a weekly video. <laughs> I win. <laughs> which my, my weekly co- coaching video, which I always do at the first light of day, as you know, I always actually start in the dark. I shoot it when I go and I look at it and I go, nope, I can't see me yet. <laughs> <laughs> I Got to wait a few minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> until I'm bright enough. And then I get enough light, and then I do it. So, he's
2: worried he's going to miss that golden hour, and so he gets there before it's light.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I was wild. at Lake, I, I went up to Lake Lanier Islands um, this past Saturday, and I thought I want to go for like kind of a more of a resort experience with this video. And so I'm driving in, and I just went to the, like the conference center and lodge. And as I'm driving in. I'm like watching the light. Oh, and it's starting to get bright. And I was like, oh boy, I got to get out there. And so, um, and I'm looking at where the light's coming up and like, there's the sailboats. But if I stand there, I'm going to be backlit. And it's like, all this isn't working. And I keep going and I'm driving and I'm driving. I'm trying to find my location. And I, and I pass the golf course, the legends golf course at legacy, uh, legacy lodge at Lake Lanier islands. And I know that golf course I've been on that golf course. And so I circle back into that golf course. And of course it's early, there's nobody around. And there is like a little cul-de-sac area and there was a sign that said golfers only don't, don't cross this side. Something like that. I thought maybe, you know, I'm a golfer. I'm a golfer. (laughs) And, and I wasn't particularly, I I wasn't golfing this particular day. Yeah. But I know the etiquette. I'm not going to walk on the (laughs) greens and make like messes. So anyway, so I, so I walk over perfect. I get some sunrise photos. I get this and now the, you know, Leaf blower start, and I had to kind of negotiate all that. But I got a couple shots in. And then sure enough, this truck comes up behind me. And he says, uh, what are you doing, sir? And I said, I'm just shooting a quick video. Uh and he said, Oh. No, you're not. Okay. And he and he well, he left, but then he pulled across the fairway and went up on top of the hill and he circled around to kind of watch me. And you know, these videos are like six different shots, six different setups, you know, and different things like this. And so I film one and then I film another and I'm going to film like a third setup there. And he comes back down and he's like, okay, sir, we need you to go. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're not very he's entertaining. Like, he's so like, this you gotta is, go. and I felt like the pressure of the moment, it wasn't working anyway. So I went up to the lodge and I finished the video up there, but I did get some good shots on the golf course as well. So. Well, that's oh, not nearly
2: as bad as I thought you were going to say. I
3: like, know. You I had
2: to run from them and they were coming to get you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop, drop, and roll, sir.
3: <laughs> I mean, and I it did severely limit like what I would have done. Because if I wasn't getting caught, I would have been all over the rocks and down by the water and like all kinds of stuff. But anyway, you'll see that if you look oh, closely in the third shot of that particular video, you'll see the what white the truck topic? up above me. It's called um, uh, "False Positives." Okay. False positives. The whole notion is sometimes the things in life we think are positive are really not. Hmm. Nice. And 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 so I go into um, t- two examples: positive delusion <laughs> and toxic positivity,
0: Ooh. and
3: t- positive delusion. Is when you're thinking like what I'm doing is good for me, when I'm you know because it's getting you through the experience, but ultimately you know it's going to harm you, or you're indulging someone else's, you know, is ideas your, about what yeah. that what's good for them when you know it's not. That's like positive delusion, and the second is toxic positivity is well. Like when you're so tone deaf to someone's actual struggle and pain and yeah. like emotional hardship that you diminish their they're emotional and they're, they're reality. Like, you know, yeah. and, and you're just like, no, it's fine, it's simple, it's easy. And it's like, it, for that person, it's not easy. It's like, yeah. it's like practically impossible at yeah. that moment. So that's what the video's about. <laughs> it's a little ironic that here I'm shooting a video about false positives and toxic positivity and I get kicked off a golf course. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Hey, do you have any plans for Halloween?
1: Oh, my gosh. I know of one party right now, and it's 20 days away, and I'm already <laughs> hearing about parties. Uh, yeah, did it's going to be— Did I ever gonna be- tell you
3: about the time that I did the Six Flags Halloween weekend and, and played a character called Phineas Flagg? No. No? Okay. This was shortly after I moved to Georgia— Phineas. Phineas. And and they they had this kind of like old town that was built in as part of Six Flags with like the old storefronts and things like an old Western town. That's where they had the shootouts and that type of thing. And they decided um, this was the hollow weekend, which was a big thing for Six Flags. It still is, mm-hmm. but it was much different back then. And um, they hired me. I was doing shows out there at Six Flags for other things. And so they were like, do you want to be a part of this? And so the idea is I was a elixir salesman in this old town and I was trying to swindle people out of money by selling this magical elixir. And what I would do is I'd like say, look what this does, it solves all your problems. I would take a swig of it and then do a backflip, you know, like, wow, amazing energy. And you know, that kind of thing. And I'd I'd take a swig and then I'd like juggle five things in the air and I'd be like, wow, it improves your coordination. And, And then the sheriff would come over and there was this confrontation between us, Phineas flag, we know you and yada, 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 yada. you get out of this town. And then it escalated, it escalated and the whole, and then eventually the sheriff and his deputies grabbed me, dragged me to the center of the town square and hung me oh. from in front of the crowd. And, and, and then, and at first we thought it was a great idea. I had a harness made and, and so he would, he would do this and it was supposed to be like a dark kind of
0: yeah, motif yeah, got that.
3: of what's going on. And, and so, and so that's, that's the thing. In the first show that we did, they actually hung me. I had, I had made my own little blood caplets and I kind of like had blood dripping out of my mouth and then they took me down and they carried me off. And that was it. that was the end of the bit.
2: Oh, that's terrible. It's awful that's so like we did bad. We, we
3: did that once and I was like, dude, we, you just hanged me in front of like kids, little yeah, kids at it's awful. six flags and so after so I'm that I
2: need you to leave
3: <laughs> <laughs> So the next show what we did is we worked out this bit where the sheriff, who's a comical guy, Bill, Who? Bill Clary, <laughs> Bill Clary. I knew you worked at Six Flags with
2: him. I was wondering if he was.
3: And then, and then he would look back, he'd go, we got you, Phineas. And, and then I would like perk up and, and like wave to the audience and acknowledge them and stuff like that. And then he'd look back at me and I'd play dead again. And then, okay, that's and, fun. and then we, and we that did that. Funny, other, yeah. It was kind of like a gag, a bit that went back and forth. And that's how we did it for the rest of the time. Um,
2: I think I saw a picture of that.
3: I've, you probably oh, did. I'm oh, sure scrapbook. my mom has That's it somewhere.
2: insane. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did that get approved? They probably didn't see it.
3: Bill had a lot of pull it at the, the time. And he he <laughs> kind of put things together. Oh, it was definitely in the 80s. Oh my goodness. It was like 84. Man. Yeah.
2: So subscribe anyway to the podcast.
3: And, we- <laughs> and hear more crazy stories about paparazzi No, that wasn't paparazzi. That was actually (laughs) Getty Images. Did they do the thing with the guy with the zoom-in camera that comes in? And you Uh, like that?
1: Like the glam bots? No, those are like at the AMAs.
3: Okay. Well, when you do one of those, that'll be cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll let you know for sure.
3: (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Well, this has been an amazing conversation and a lot of uh, fun experiences to share. We would love to hear from you. Go out to wholesomecast.com and tell us a little about yourself, what you're getting out of the podcast. You can ask a question there or just you can download some resources to help out your family and yourself. And uh, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with friends who might also need some help, some fun and some encouragement because we believe in you.
1: Until next time, I love you guys. Love you, love too, you, Maggie,
3: Mags. and we love you. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
2: Mags and dads, wholesome chaos. Mags and dads,
1: wholesome chaos. How are, are you guys? Are, <laughs> Sorry. are you guys No, no, you are you guys caught up on House of the Dragon?
2: Ye- well. Your dad fell asleep last night in the last twenty minutes. I, was, so, I, I, was, I stayed and watched it, and then I rewound it for him. I haven't.
3: I was finished- really dragging.
2: <laughs> I
1: haven't finished the last episode because I've been having to watch it in like ten minute incre- increments. Um, Why? Because we've just we've had people over and we'd have people staying with us, so I couldn't watch it. Um, <laughs> but I saw an interview today with Millie, the girl who played young Rhaenyra and the girl who yeah. played young Allison, And mm-hmm. somebody asked them like about fame or whatever. And if they had thought about it and something really cool, she said, I loved this. She was like, we, we try not to think about it too much because she was talking about the difference between fame, success, and talent. Like you can be really famous and not very talented. You can be very talented and not very famous, but you can be talented and success, successful and famous and like all these things and how they're just different yes. things. And she said yeah. – she was talking about her and her co-star saying that at the end of the day, I th- they just – all they really care about is they want to be great actors.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mm. thought that was
1: such a good way to put it because I, yeah. I feel that. It was like I don't really – I don't – you know, at the end of the day, I just – like the, the art and the love of it, I think is the coolest part. And like the portrayal of just stories.
2: And so, I don't know. I thought that was interesting yeah. that you guys would it's enjoy. It's like going back to the idea of doing your best work, doing.
3: At the end of doing the day, Maggie. the best you can. Just be a great
0: actress and keep your clothes on.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>